This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Addicts of popular culture, this is Johnny C back with another installment of the new TNN podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to do this today, folks. Welcome to what we're calling Cutman, a show that's designed to tell you which movies will be making the cut here as we start the summer 2023 season of theatrical releases, my favorite time of year. Not so much outside, you know, because it's hot. And the shvetty balls, and what have you. Uh, but inside, in the beautiful air conditioned of a movie theater, we've got some stories to tell this summer, folks. Uh, here on Cut Man, we're going to be taking a look at the major theatrical releases that are coming at you here in what's left of May, June, July, and August of 2023. Now, when I was a kidster, I used to have a little fucking uh, pushpin. Uh, what the fuck, board on my wall and I had the calendar and the release dates and I used to cut out like newspaper advertisements you kidsters don't know what that is, but that's okay you know, it'd be like you know, coming this summer, Batman and Robin and I'd cut it out, the USA Today and put it on my wall and then I'd cut out some of the reviews even if they were bad and I'd track the box office and you know what, fuck you I heard you, I heard you making fun of me anyway uh, but I can't do this alone, folks, because it is a big movie season. And speaking of making fun of me, our special guest today is someone who enjoys to do quite that. Now, I I am not sure what this man has been up to. I can tell you that this man has not been appearing on my show, Toad Man, where we review Dawson's Creek. And, and Toad Man's coming back. You know, we're going to get to that Dawson's Creek. All right? It's coming. But uh, maybe now that you're out of the clink, sir... See previous episodes of Toad Man for the full story. Uh, welcome back. You know I, I can't hold it off anymore. The audience is going to be so excited for you to be here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, hold on! I've been handed this note card. You want me to? This is what you want me to call you now. You're not the film connoisseur anymore. All right, fine. Ladies and gentlemen, big movie. Kevin Nash. Kevin, how the hell are you? Oh, Johnny, I'm doing pretty good. Uh. As you can tell, i uh, got a couple of things accomplished here in the off-season from the podcast that we do, the Toadster. Uh, yeah, Johnny, I had my name legally changed. I think it's a f- pretty fair representation of what I'm capable of, you know, uh, and, and, and it's a little more, you know, in line with my chi, you know. It, it really d- accurately describes what I'm bringing to the table. Now, Johnny, I don't think that... Uh, your viewers really want to hear what I've been up to since I've been gone. Because there's a lot to talk about. And, Johnny, you understand that you made some sort of, like, uh, list or what have you? 
like something we're supposed to do. Yeah, send me a script. Give some notes. You know, my little pen. Oh no, Kevin, you are not. No, you're not getting off that easy, sir. What the fuck happened to you? You called me from jail, man. You sent the ink-like scorpion to my front door. Okay, I need. I need some resolution here. What the fuck happened? Hey, look, Johnny. It's it's just you and me talking here. I mean. My lawyer's not anywhere present, so I'm not really prepared to make a statement. But Johnny, I am excited to be talking about some of the big, uh, big old movies that are coming out. Not, no, wait, wait, not as big as me, though. But, you know, Johnny, I am a connoisseur of uh, film and pictures. Uh, I kind of know a little bit more than you do about what's coming out this summer, so uh, I don't really think we should make anybody wait any longer. But you were right. We should probably explain to them what the whole point is. So... We're calling it Cup Man, of course, another famous Mega Man robot, but that's not just for funsies or for brand synergy. It's because we're gonna tell you, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about each movie, and then at the end of the conversation, each one of us is gonna give the film a ranking. The rankings are as follows. See it. Representative of Yeah, yeah. I need to get my ass out there and see that one in the theater. Buy it. Now we see that these theatrical films do this now. They stay in theaters for like 45 days or what have you, and then they come to streaming services for like 25 bucks to buy, like 20 to rent. So, if, you know, if you're the person that's renting those movies, I, I would just love to understand why. I mean, it's $5. And look, I'm not trying to shit on the value of $5. Like, I'm not. I'm but come on, what what are you going to do with that $5? It doesn't matter. Uh, but buy it, representative of, you know, I would love to see it in theaters if I could, but I've got a limited set of options here. i got a, I got a limited set of dates, something you know about. Well, I mean, I, attorneys negotiated contracts, Johnny, you can't blame me for that. But yeah, buy it. You know, make that investment, make a commitment to your future. You know, you never know when you're going to want to pull out your little uh, clicker there and be like, ah, gotta want to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Picture's got some nice people in it. Sure they get a little checky check every time you clicky click. Johnny, there's a couple Marvel movies coming out. You know, they're the reissuing The Punisher. Yeah, it's going to be available on all streaming platforms. Now! Call the number! Ugh. Kevin, no, people don't do that. They just press the... Yeah, that's what I said. Press the button. Okay, so see it in theaters. Buy it as soon as it becomes available to buy. Stream to the, you know, from theaters. And then there's stream it, which means I'm literally waiting for it to become available for to a streaming subscription that I already pay for. So you value it less than purchasing it immediately. And then, of course, last but not least, the, the show's namesake, cut it. Cut it out. Wow. A, a live, in the wild, cut it out from big movie Kevin Nash, ladies and gentlemen. It's a problem. It's a good show. No problems with the house. That's what we called it. Used to watch it backstage, me and Liz. I'd be like, Lizzie, full house is on. Or the house. Because I previously said we call it the house. And Liz would sit there, get a bottle of wine. You know, nothing expensive. A couple honeys. Not a big deal. Call Scott. Uh, which Scott did we call, though? Scott or Scott? I'm sorry. Scott or Scott? Yeah, Scott. 
Scott, you know, Scott Hall and Scott Steiner. Oh, okay, that's fine. If that's the way you want to, you know, view life, no problems. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Our first film and point of discussion comes to us on May 19th from Universal Studios. It is indeed Fast X or Fast 10. Or, holy shit, I cannot believe there are ten fucking Fast in the Furious movies when there's starving people on this planet. It's okay. Like, it's it's okay. I don't really care that much, but ten Fast movies. And and the, the main thing that makes me think of this, Kev, is this, I, 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 did a little, I did a little internet research. This, the budget of this film is 340 million fucking dollars. Okay, Titanic costs not that much. Well, Titanic was really expensive. I don't remember how much Titanic ballooned up to, but, you know, I don't know. I just, where does the money go? Well, it's expensive as shit to make. I understand that, but I don't know. So, Fast 10, of course, is Fast and Furious 10. Uh, I think the main premise of this one is somebody's family is in danger. There's so many fucking characters in this. But I do know the big caveat. I mean, I don't know the synopsis. Like, I'm not trying to spoil it for me. And that's the thing. Uh, You know, I'm not going to go to spoil Like, I don't know anything about these movies. So I'm not telling you anything you couldn't, like, get, get in a trailer. Okay? But the, the, you know, the Toretto family, their past comes back to bite them in the ass again. Uh, as uh, Jason Momoa enters the franchise, and uh, you, you know goes to take uh, vengeance because they killed his dad and one of the other ones, and, and you know insert you know flying cars to space and 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 swinging off of uh, bungee cords, you know this is stupid shit. But you know it kind of works. It kind of works. Kev, have you ever seen any of these Fast and the Furious movies? I've seen a couple of the pictures. Uh, you know it's kind of funny, Johnny. I like cars, like I do. I like film, I like cars, I like Vino, but I like my car movies to be a little smarter sometimes. However, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't think there's anything the Vinster can do wrong. So you're like an actual Vin Diesel fan? I mean, I get his overall basic appeal, but here's the thing. I am so surprised. Like, the Vin Diesel comeback tour, like, we're way past when it started. But do you remember there was a time when Vin Diesel was, like, ver- like uh, hands off from Hollywood? Like, he made Triple X. He made The Fast and the Furious pretty quickly back to back. And then they did sequels to both, neither featuring Vin Diesel. And I always found that fascinating. You know, they did a couple of Fast with that. I mean, he didn't come back until four, but I was like. I don't know. Like it felt like Vin Diesel had these franchises that were ready for him to take off, and he didn't do it. Maybe I respect him more because of that. Now, John, you got to go after the dollar. This is a bad call from the Vinster. Maybe it's the one thing he's done wrong. Okay, I'll admit that. But he's, you know, he's a draw, and I'll tell you exactly why. I'm all ears. It's the name, Vin, like Vincent Russo. It's just a name. Oh, Vince McMahon, because Vince can turn anything into gold, right? You're, you know man you've worked with many times so you fucking moron it's diesel i mean who's not gonna get over with the name diesel i i literally can't believe i didn't see that coming I, and i feel stupider for not having seen it you should well i do i know you just said that moving on uh so yeah it, you know momo is the bad guy i'm ex- 
you know, interested in seeing that. Uh, I think that Jason Momoa is infinitely charismatic, and he elevates what he does. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, dude deserves an Oscar or anything, but he's very likable as Aquaman. A nice sort of serious bro turn in Dune as well. Uh, you know, I mean, he's still kind of a it up, but he's also able to switch modes into, like, a more serious mama when necessary. And, you know, I dug him in, uh, uh, you know, Atreides, Paul Atreides' little bro-ship. Now, this is not turning into the Jason Momoa love fest or anything like that. But I think he's a he's a nice spice. You know, we talked about in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you know, 3, that Will Poulter's Adam Warlock was an additional spice that was unnecessary. I'm okay with this spice. I think it's good. You talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy without me, Johnny. I, I mean... Okay, so, you know, there's a lot of people coming back to this. You know, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese, Ludacris, Momoa, uh, Nathalie Emmanuel, Jordana Brewster, Statham is coming back, Cena. Uh, God, who's the guy that plays Han? Uh, Sung Kang. Um, oh, there's somebody else in this. Oh, it's uh, fucking, um, uh, he plays Jack Reacher now, but I know him as... Uh, Raphael from the Turtles remakes with the Michael Bay ones. They remade the Turtles? Who the hell played the Super Shredder? Oh, he wasn't actually in it or anything like that. Oh, those, those movies don't count that, Johnny. Those are, those are unofficial remakes, not authorized by the studio. And I'm pretty sure I saw some studio logos there, Kevin. But we'll talk about the Turtles a little bit later. We will? Yes, Kevin. I sent you the goddamn list. Huh. Don't they have able to easily read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles off of my residual checks. But for some strange reason, if it's not on a residual check, I must be oblivious to it, Johnny. A rare mistake from Big Movie. Yes, Kev, we'll just let it go. But, you know, uh, fucking Alan Richson, uh, the dude that plays uh, Hawk on Titans, and yeah. And there's a lot of people in it. Uh, I'm sure Helen Mirren's going back. Oh, fucking Charlize Theron. Oh, and of course, Brie Larson as well. I mean, really? There is no fucking way there's going to be enough time for all this. There's not. There's just not enough time. However, I will fully admit that I do not watch them frequently. But I do own the, uh, you know, like the modern fast movies. I don't think I own... No, I own one. I don't have two. I don't have three. But I have, like, fast Fast and Furious, Fast 5, Fast 6, Furious 7, Fast 8, F9, The Fast Saga. God damn it, this is so embarrassing to stay out loud. So, I'm ready to give a recommendation. Are you? I mean, I mean, you know, I don't want to shortchange it. Uh, you know, I don't want to dig too much into it. I mean, that's, you know what Fast X is. You're either excited for it or you're not. I don't think there's a lot of mysteries to unravel. Um, I don't think it'll be like a master class in... I mean, I'm sure it'll be, like, I don't want to throw shade at it. Like, I get this big spectacle genre is what it is, and I can totally agree to just go with it. I really can. I really can. But that being said, I don't see a trailer for Fast X and even get kind of excited like I do other movies that we're going to talk about tonight. However, however, I will freely admit that I will probably buy it when it becomes available. So that's like our Tier 2 ranking or like a, a B you know, if, if see it in theaters immediately as an A, then buy it as soon as it becomes available is kind of like a B. And I think that's... I'm going to leave it. Well, Johnny, uh, I think it's probably fairly obvious where I'm going to go with this one. Are you doing stream it? Because it didn't sound like... Johnny, Vin 
diesel. Okay? Go see Fast X, and I'm sure, you know, diesel. I mean, here's the thing, Johnny. All right? If the checks just come to diesel, I mean, they can't not let me cash it, right? Uh? Wow, Kevin. So you, you have some sort of scheme to break into Vin Diesel's mailbox, and what are you going to use whiteout on the name Vin, and, and and just try to cash it as Diesel? Are you going to show up at the gimmick? Are you going to hurr when you walk in? Johnny, whiteout, genius. I'm just going to cross it out. Oh, for fuck's sakes, Kevin. God damn it. Hey, why don't you rate it in there, Johnny? Laughing at your own jokes? You're acting like a first-year thief. I'm sitting here acting like a fucking professional. Reservoir Dogs, 1992. I'm sorry, Kevin. It's just your your harebrained scheme was was one uh, one unique piece of information too many. But I agree. It's time to move on to the I believe very next week, May 26th. So coming up quicker than y'all probably think, we've got Disney's live action take on the Little. Mermaid. Oh man, Kevin, the nostalgia waves are hitting me hard here. To use a pun. Yeah, I got that. Jesus. Sorry. It, it, it's just uh, I should probably explain. So the Little Mermaid hit the old Johnny C household pretty hard back in 1989. You know, mom loved it. Little sister loved it. Uh, I I, w- I liked it. You know, I thought it was pretty good. I remember watching it in school, maybe like the first grade or something like that for the first time. I did not see it in theaters. Uh, soundtrack's pretty infectious. Lots of hummable classic tunes that are part of like our pop culture lexicon. And we've seen these Disney remakes succeed before. Uh, I, I saw Beauty and the Beast. I thought it was enjoyable. You know, I like Emma Watson. I liked uh, the dude that played Gaston. He's in the fast movies. I mean, it was pretty funny. You know, it, it was fine. I did not like the Lion King. It's creeping me the fuck out. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, but here, you know, this Little Mermaid looks pretty. Dare I say, comics accurate? You know what I mean. And uh, you know, we, I, I, I'm, I, I'm glad they're doing this because it can expose the Little Mermaid to like a whole new generation. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't know, like. <sighs> I'm wondering if I'm going to have the problem that I have with some, like, modern Marvel films with, like, the green screen shit. Hey, are they doing a uh, wet for dry or dry for wet? Um, I think they're doing dry for wet. <laughs> wet. Anywho, yeah, so it's just like, I don't know if they filmed this in the volume or if they filmed this on a, on a soundstage and f- with green screens in the background with actual props or if everything's just completely fucking fictional. So I think that's sort of keeping me on the fence about wanting to like sit down and actually watch it. I do think it'll do Gangbusters box office. Uh, I think the same thing about Fast 10. Uh, I also think that these two films being placed together is not a big deal. Uh, I think on the surface level, it's completely different audiences. And I don't think they'll really duke it out too much at the box office and I think people that want to see both the unique cross-section of individuals that want to see both will do that I don't think there's going to be anything holding them back from doing it so I think ultimately Kev I'm going to say for me stream it because I don't feel the need to go see it in theaters because I mean I've seen the movie before in terms of you know I know the narrative I'm not 
you know, and I'm not probably not going to buy it because it's just going to be on Disney Plus. Like I have no need to own this thing. My kids are too old to like care. You know, they're te- you know, practically both teenagers at this point, so there's no need to have a, a sitting around. And we have Disney Plus, so stream it seems like the logical conclusion for me. And I apologize, big movie. You know, I, I sort of ranted and raved about how this movie, the, like the animated version, was a big thing at the old household. And I feel like I haven't let you get your thoughts in. I apologize for that. I'm trying to be a fucking professional, as you would put it. Jesus, that's a pretty good impression of me. Oh, you think so? No, I don't. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us, what are your thoughts on The Little Mermaid? It's really kind of straightforward, Johnny. Very simple. Uh, I'm ready to give you my verdict right away. You don't want to discuss? No need. Cut it. I'm cutting this movie, Johnny. That's a pretty fucking bold, just flag to play in the sand. No reason why. I mean, I didn't really bring you on here. Just be like, cut it. Stop. Stop what? The impression. I'm not doing an impression. See right there. You did it again. Wait. No, it's it's real simple, Johnny. And I'll, and I'll explain myself. You know, I'm seven feet tall, 350 pounds, former champion. But yeah, sure, I'll explain myself to you. Uh, I, I want to cut it because real simple. Not my movie. What do you mean? I don't like it. I don't like the way that chick looks. Oh my fucking god. You're one of them. One of them? Seems pretty presumptuous. Not very liberal of you, Johnny. You're one of those assholes! Well, you have to... I don't know, Johnny. You have to pontificate on that a little further. I mean, I'm an asshole. I'm one of those assholes. The chick just doesn't look right. It's not how she looked in the original. I don't want her to look like that in my movie. Get her off my screen. Why they gotta change the way she looks, man? You prick! You're telling me... So you've seen the original? I have. Hummed along with it a few times. Sha-la-la-la-la-la, buy me wine. Everything is fine. I'm gonna fuck her mouth. Whoa-whoa-whoa! Yeah, I know the song lyrics. You... God damn it. But she doesn't look like she did in the original. Is correct. They've made alterations to her appearance. And I think it's bullshit, to be honest with you. Why she gotta look like that? That ain't my character. So you're willing to go with the fact that there is a little mermaid in the sea with the voice of an angel. I am. So you're willing to go along with the fact that there is a talking crab. I am. Talking fish. Sounds about right. You're willing to go with Javier Bardem as a sexy merman. I'm very okay with that, Johnny. But you draw the line at Black Mermaid. I'm okay with that. You just said you didn't want to see the movie because the character doesn't look the way she did in the cartoon. What the hell, man? I stand by my original statement. I wasn't talking about the mermaid. I was talking about Ursula. So you have a problem with Melissa McCarthy's Ursula? She looks exactly like she does in the cartoon. Sure, they're keeping most of her shrouded because they want the big reveal, but she's very entertaining. I'm sure she'll do great as Ursula. I didn't say anything about her performance. I said about the way she looks. Her tits are too small. Oh. My God. What's the problem, Johnny? You asked for my opinion. Your tits are too small. 
cartoon Ursula's got the big titties. She's like, ho, 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 look how big they are. Look into my crystal ball. I tell you your future. Your future is you're going to be sucking my huge nipples. I don't think anyone in this Disney film wants anyone in the audience to be thinking about Ursula's gigantic black hard nipples. How do you know they're black, Johnny? I mean, I'm just assuming she has sort of a... Moving on! Moving on. So you're cutting the Little Mermaid. I am. Okay, fine. Let's move forward to June 2nds. I can't wait for this one, Kevin. Sony Pictures Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The tale of Miles Morales finally continues with an all-star lineup, of course. You know, you got Jake Johnson uh, coming back as Peter B. Uh, oh, God, what is her name? Um, why is it escaping me? She plays Hawkeye. Why, why, why? Uh, Johnny, you don't prep for these podcasts, do you? I mean, I do. Haley Steinfeld. I'm sorry, Jake Johnson's Peter B., Haley Steinfeld as uh, Spider-Gwen, Shamik Moore returning as the ultimate of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I think I heard Jason Schwartzman as well as The Spot. That sounds like a lot of fun, but I'll tell you what. I enjoyed the first picture quite a bit, surprisingly. It's not that I didn't... I mean, I, I remember when Bendis created the Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, I made sure to purchase, like, the first ten issues. I even built the... I built... I bought the lead-up to it, the miniseries, like, Avengers versus New Ultimates, which is, yes, etc., etc. No need to go into it. But I, I enjoy Miles Morales quite a bit. I just wasn't interested in seeing Spider-Man's origin all over again, but I had forgotten that... You know, the Miles Moralesness of it all adds such a fun new wrinkle to it with it not being Peter Parker. Um, but I'm most excited. I'm most excited for the spider variants, man. I can't wait to see the the Japanese Spider-Man from the, uh, the, the crazy Power Rangers Spider-Man show. I cannot wait to see and hear Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. Excited. The trailers have gotten me hyped for it. The animation style looks, you know, just as unique as it did in the original. I'm thinking this is an easy box office mega success. So, you, so this picture is a Spider-Man picture, right? You know, you, you've got a couple of them. We've got the English boys and the, the Topster playing the Spider-Man. You're telling me the Spider-Man is a cartoon. It is a cartoon. Sort of, it's kind of funny. You know, we just talked about The Little Mermaid, which is traditionally animated, making the big switch to live action. And now we're talking about Spider-Man, which is traditionally live action. But, you know, the first film, uh, best animated film Oscar it won. I don't know if it's the highest uh, grossing animated film of all time. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. I should have to do some research there. But I'll tell you, it's one of the most well-received for American audiences, uh, you know, the the reviews for this thing were through the roof, and that's actually what caused me to want to see it. At first, you know, I was kind of on the fence, like, sure, I'll, I'll rent it or something when it comes out, but the reviews, every review from every critic I was taking a look at was like, not only is it a great movie, but it's completely game-changing, and it's completely going to rethink what you think animation can do. And I don't want to, I mean, they're kind of right. I mean, the animation style is wholly unique in this day and age where everything looks the same, and kudos to that. 
You know, I'm hoping we have another best animated picture on our hands. And I believe it's a part one. It hasn't been advertised or marketed as a part one. Perhaps the next part will have a different title. But, uh, I'm, you know, big cliffhangers, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get full resolution here, but I'm excited. They took the time to craft something. It's not releasing, like, the very next year or anything. So uh, I think I'm going to go see it in theaters. It's my ranking. I'm going to be all worked up watching this thing. I cannot wait. Oh, I see, Johnny. It's an animated picture, and you're going to the theater all worked up. It's one of those cartoon porns, isn't it? No! It's Spider-Man! Marvel! Spider-Men's from... And Spider-Women, and Spider-Ladies, and Spider-Folks, and Aunt Mays, and Uncle Ben's, and Uncle Aaron's, and fucking Mom and Dad from all over the multiverse. I mean, it's going to be kind of like an Avengers Assemble flick, you know, in its own way. So, uh, you gonna have, uh, Nazis in this picture with, uh, naked chicks tied up to dildo machines? What? I've seen Eurotiscadoogee, the legend of the overfiend. It's a pretty good animated pornography picture. Some of the chicks got tails, I'm not really digging that, but yeah. Uh, I think it's Eurotiscadoogee 2, legend of the overfiend, starts out with the Nazis having a little party. They got all these chicks... And they're strapped up to this machine with dildos, and it's fucking them to get their energy powers. You know, sex is a powerful force in this world. You know, kudos to Eurotiska Doji for turning it into an active uh, part of uh, the pop culture zeitgeist. You know, sex gives us energy and power. And, you know, I'm not saying the Nazis are good. I, I don't think they are. I want to make that clear. But, you know, finding out a way to turn sex energy into, like, electricity... It's not a bad idea. I, I'm i floored. I'm floored. It's not a cartoon port. And, and, and look, I'm not trying to throw shade, okay? If cartoon port's your thing, or if it just tells good stories, like, I'm not... But this is quite the opposite of that, sir. I believe it'll probably even be rated PG. Nobody pays attention to that shit, Johnny. It's not a big deal. I mean, anybody can buy a movie ticket on any phone... And then you just walk in like, oh, my dad's in the shitter. He told me to go watch Eurotiska Doogee, Legend of the Overfiend, for some Nazi sex energy. And the people don't care. They don't give a shit. It's like, cool, can I sell you a $25 uh, grade of popcorn? It's, it's a business, Johnny. It's a business unlike any other. And, you know, I've been on top of this business for a long time. And I want to talk about Bill Goldberg. No, we're not talking about Bill Goldberg. And no more anime porn. Let's just move on to our next feature. Do you have a ranking for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? I'm see it. I'm see it in theaters. Don't miss it. Uh, we're going to go stream it. You know, I'm not going to buy it. Because I don't know if I'll always be in the mood for it. But I'll stream it at home. You know, when I'm by myself and nobody else is around. You ain't got me fooled, Johnny. This is a cartoon... Okay, so that's June 2nd. Let's move to the next week. June 9th for Paramount's big, expensive special effects extravaganza, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. We'll stop, drop, and shut them down, open up shop, Kevin. Um, Where do you land on the Transformers film franchise? It's uh, pretty freaking divisive, if I do say so myself. I don't know, Johnny. I mean, you've got an O-Tour at the helm. You see Johnny in film. 
There's this thing called the auteur theory. It's real simple. It's a guy that makes the same movie over and over again. It makes a lot of money. And then you go on tour. That's why they call it auteur. So you got one semester of film class and you just kind of fell asleep for the rest of it. It's accurate. How do you know so much about me? All right, so Transformers Rise of the Beasts is the seventh fucking film in the Transformers franchise, which is absolutely ludicrous. And it's, I think it's kind of, um, I don't want to call it a mistake, okay, but hear me out. So it's the seventh film in the franchise. It's a sequel to the prequel Bumblebee, and they're saying that it acts also as a prequel to 2007's Transformers, where Optimus Prime arrived on Earth for the first time because he didn't know anything about it. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't need... Um, I don't need my Transformers movie to make all the sense in the world, Kevin. Like, I, it doesn't need to be Inception. Like, I don't need every little thing explained. But at the same time, I would at least like it to fucking make a little sense. Now, all that being said, I am not a big fan of the Beast Wars. So the, the Maximals being here is not a big thing for me. Um, it doesn't draw me right in. Now, look at it. The, uh, this is not directed by Michael Bay also, so your tour theory is completely out the fucking window. It's directed by Stephen Capel Jr., director of Creed 2. Any thoughts on Creed 2? It is the sequel to Creed and the prequel to Creed 3, Johnny. O-Tour. Looking at the cast list here, you know, we've only got four humans listed. Uh, Anthony Ramos in the male lead and Dominique Fishback in the female lead. But why is that important to me, Kevin? Well, famously, I reviewed Transformers Age of Extinction over on Junkman one time, uh, featuring Mark Wahlberg as NXT hopeful Kate Yeager, bro. Uh, Kate Yeager's blowing up NXT. They don't hold on to him. AE Dub's going to get a hold of him, or maybe Impact. Guy's got a future. I'll tell you that. Think I didn't pay attention to the product, Johnny? Kate Yeager. You know, I let him do my finish. He does the jackknife? Nah, well, it's jackknife. You know what he calls it? I don't know. Jaegerbomb. And the award for most obvious joke goes to... Big movie! Kevin Nash! Yeah! Let's hear it for him! Oh! Oh my god! I didn't... I didn't expect... Oh, there's so many people to thank. Uh, Easy E, Terry, Scott, Scott, Kid, Hunter, Steph, uh, Earthquake and Typhoon were big inspirations for me. Bet you didn't know that, Johnny. Uh, Skinner. I want to thank Skinner. Damien Demento. Big shout out to him. How about Al Green? Not my former tag team partner, but the singer. Um... So in love with you. Uh, Tanay, Mike Tanay, for always uh, restating my promos on commentary, getting the points over for the audience. Uh, I want to thank Billy Kidman as well for bringing Tori Wilson backstage during the dying days of WCW. It was nice. I'm going to thank Hugh Morris for letting me borrow one of his left shoes one time. Had a left shoe blow out. Thanks, Hugh. I uh, want to thank Booker T for 
being in the main event mafia with me as well. And finally, I want to thank Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Old Glory Knee Drop. Uh, he'll get that. Anywho, with only like four humans in the cast list, back to my initial point, I'm hoping we might get a Transformers movie that's actually about Transformers. Peter Collins coming back as Optimus Prime. We've got Pete Davidson as Mirage. I don't know how I feel about that. But RC's here, Wheeljack. Uh, we've got Ron Perlman as Optimus Prime. Well, hey, Michelle Yeoh as Air Razor. That's kind of fun. Um, and Peter Dinklage as Scourge, the villain. But more importantly, when it comes to villains, Kevin, I'm here for the big one. Unicron! It's Unicron! Get to your ships! This one's gonna explode! Unicron! Ba weep grana weep ninibon, Unicron! I cannot believe you have children, Johnny. How did you ever get laid? Ba weep grana weep ninibon, Johnny? Is that one of the card games you play with your buddies? Is that some sort of podcast you do about Magic the Gathering? Is it your favorite Dungeons and Dragons character? Ba weep grana weep ninibon. Yeah, sounds like a fun wine to drink. You want some of this Pinot? Oh, never mind. I'm gonna keep it. Well, Johnny, it sounds like you're really pumped up for this bad boy. Uh, you wanna you wanna give us your verdict? I am going to say, God help me, Kevin. I'm sort of on the fence. I feel like there's, I'm torn between see it and buy it, but here's the kicker, Kevin. If it's a shit show, I want to see it right away and hate on it. And if it's good, I want to say I saw it in theaters. So I'm going to say see it because I don't think I can wait for buy it. Plus, seeing Unicron on the big screen and and if it's good, I want to support it by supporting the box office. So I'm going to say see it and pray, even though I don't pray. What do you think? Uh, you know, when it boils down, Johnny, it's a movie about toys. You know, they made some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. I'm going to say cut it. Cut out the Transformers and, and purchase Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze on iTunes or Amazon or even Voodoo. Anybody else except Big Movie use Voodoo? I know you do. Moving right along. Kev, we're up to June 16th, and up until now... I think you've noticed that uh, these these bad boys are sort of coming out week to week or cheek to cheek. And speaking of cheek to cheek, we've got a dude who's in red coming up next. What I was saying is that, uh, you know, week to week is sort of a natural thing for these movies. You get about one week to make your biggest impact. This next film, uh, while, while we're going to talk about a movie that comes out the week after the one we're about to talk about, it's not exactly a hard counter well, it's a, it's a counter, but let me explain. This movie is a couple of things. One, it's the main event of the whole show for me. If there is only, like, this entire list of movies that we're doing, if I could only see, like, gun to my head, if I could only see one movie in theaters this whole summer, it would be the next one we're about to talk about. And it almost gets two weeks to itself in a way. All right, are you ready for this one? Jesus, all the buildup. Talk about it like it's Goldberg. Oh, no. It's much cooler than Goldberg. Big movie. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, hitting our screens on June 16th, 
Warner Brothers and DC present The Flash. Ezra Miller returns as Barry Allen, uh, who's got a bit of a conundrum. He doesn't hate his life, but wouldn't his life be so much better if his mom was still alive? And Barry Allen as The Flash changes the events of history, finds himself in a DC universe without metahumans, and desperately tries to repair the damage to the time stream with a little help from our old friend, Batman, Michael Keaton, and newcomer Supergirl, played by Sasha Kelly, I believe is how I'm saying her name here. Uh, directed by Andy Mashuti, uh, director of the It films, which I don't really care about, and that's fine if you like them. I'm not trying to throw shade if you do. I just, I, I, I don't know, didn't really grab me. Um, but holy shit, Kev, this movie, I mean, so much here. It's a soft continuation of the character that, you know, I enjoy from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Supergirl getting introduced. And hey! Ben Affleck returns in his swan song as his perfect version of Batman uh, from Zack Snyder's DC trilogy. I mean, this this is really everything, Kevin. It's gotten so much hype surrounding it. Um, you know, it's screened at CinemaCon, and I know that it's screened for a very specific audience at CinemaCon that is inclined to say good things about such things. But it's, you know, it benefits from the fact that you get to play with so much of DC's history. And this is the movie that caused DC as an entertainment brand, if you will, to come out and say, you know, Marvel might be doing their multiverse thing. I don't think they said that because, you know, they're not going to mention that. But they said that the DC films have always existed in a multiverse. You know, they they prophesized the theory that, you know, any DC movie that takes place is, you know, up for inclusion. They just take place on their own Earth. So Zack Snyder's Justice League might take place on Earth-72, but, you know, Earth-78 is where the Superman films with Christopher Reeve took place. Earth-89, where the Batman films took place. So I'm very curious to see how they explain Michael Keaton's Batman being on our Earth, which is the Earth from Ezra Miller's Flash, I'm assuming. And, uh, you know, it's also a soft adaptation of Flashpoint by Jeff Johns, which I enjoyed. Uh, General Zod, Michael Shannon's coming back. I mean... This has all of the ingredients to be really something special. And it's being also compared to a point I was trying to get to. Not only is it a big-budget, epic, summer blockbuster comic book film, but I've also heard some comparisons to Back to the Future, which is often called, like, the most perfect screenplay in film history. So it's a lot of hype to live up to. It may also reboot the DC film universe. It might continue it. I don't really know. Um, I'm just... I'm ready, man. We're going back to some of the events from Man of Steel. Like, I've done plenty of podcasts about the Zack Snyder DC universe and my love for it. It's a healthy love, though. I don't think it's the meaning of life. I don't think it solves my problems. It doesn't define me as an individual. And uh, I didn't spend a small fortune uh, complaining about it and, and picketing and, and writing books about it and all this shit. Like, I'm glad I got to see Zack Snyder's Justice League, but I've said it before. Let it go! Find a new show! So I just, you know, I'm excited for it. It's here. I'm ready. I'm all about it. Um, I'm excited to see... Affleck just get one last shot, even if it's just small. You know, I'm excited to see him get a shot at the character again. It just looks like a big ball of lightning flavored fun, which 
I agree. Sounds like the most insane marketing nonsense. I would actually punch myself. I'd punch a person if they said that to me in real life. Like if I was in a meeting and they were like, I don't know, this new product, it's a lightning-themed ball of fun. It'd just be like, shut up. But I I can't help myself. I'm super excited for it. I'm not even a huge character, a fan of the character of the Flash. Like in general, I got no problems with the Flash. He's not my go-to. It's not like my number one. I enjoyed the first season of the TV show. I've read some of the, you know, I've, I've got a few collected editions of the comics. He's good. He's a good spice in things. Um, I'm just, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to see these characters on screen again. I, uh, as you can tell, I'm absolutely fucking hyped. I will say my final piece. And then I'll let you have the floor, Kev. I'm sorry. I see the look on your face. I see you've drank almost an entire bottle of Pinot waiting for me to shut up so you can get your say. See it, see it, see it. Final ranking. No questions about it. See it, see it, see it. Don't get spoiled. Because if this movie really does things and you're a nerd and, you know, they're going to talk about shit. And even the titles of articles would be like, can you believe, spoiler, died in the flash would be like a title of an article I would be on the websites I'd go to frequently. Sure, they tell you, uh, they, you know, they wouldn't tell you who dies, but now you know somebody dies in it. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where I can't help myself. I will be there first showing, first day, as soon as I'm done with work. Hell, if I find out per se there's like a noon showing, I might even call off work that day and go see it as soon as humanly possible. See it, see it, see it. Kevin, what are your thoughts on The Flash? Are you done? Are you sure you're done? And then those you want to say, you no know, random things you want to point out. You know, is Adam Strange going to be in this thing or something like that? Any you know, Mr. Terrific? Huh? How about Hawkman? I know you love Hawkman. Fuck you, Kevin. That is a low blow. <laughs> no, Johnny, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I appreciate your enthusiasm. It reminds me of when the Hawkster came into TNA. He was really excited, too. You know how that went, Johnny? Anywho... Uh, infectious enthusiasm aside, Johnny, I'm gonna put my big movie foot down. I'm gonna say, cut it. Cut it? Oh, Kevin! You're fucking with me. You're doing this just to fuck with me. What possible reason could you have to say, cut it? You know, Johnny, Johnny, in the wrestling business, I've been in a lot of locker rooms. I don't know. I just had my fill. None against it. I'm pretty I'm a pretty masculine guy, pretty secure in my masculinity. Alright? Got beautiful hair. Beautiful body. Got this beautiful little mole here on my cheek that people love. Ladies will lick it. But I've just had my share. No need to go see the flash on the big screen. What the fuck are you talking about? Locker rooms, your sexy body? What does any of this have to do with the flash? I don't need to see some naked dude flashing his dick on the screen. Oh, come on! You know it's about the Flash, the superhero. It's na- I thought it was about a naked guy. He ran around like, hey, look at this thing! That's the sound of his cock hitting his thighs as he swings it back and forth. Let me do a little louder for you. Oh, now it's doing a spin. Not hitting as frequently. Oh, look, I can make it go up and down. Dick Tricks. Big movie, Kevin Nash. The Flash. Yeah, Johnny, sorry. It's a hard cut. 
I've seen plenty of cocks in my days. I'm good. I'm really good. But the Nazi rape porn is okay. I didn't say rape. I didn't say anything like that. Just said it was, you know, way to harness energy. <sighs> Fuck you, Kevin. Yeah, it's, it's warranted. All right, moving forward. I actually got a unique one here for you, Kev. I'm going to talk about the counter-programming for The Flash here in just a second, but on Wednesday, June 21st, we've got the first of two just little things I'm throwing in here because it is part of the summer season. We've got two streaming series that I just I want to briefly talk about and mention. I'm not prepared to fully pontificate about them, Kevin. I didn't brief you on these. It's fucking rude. I'm sorry. It's just... It popped into my head. Oh, I should probably mention these because a lot of my fans are nerds like me. It's a pretty ballsy statement. I'm a fan of yours. I'm not a nerd. Look at me. Seven feet tall. Former 16-time heavyweight champion of the world. 16, Kevin? A little fuzzy math there. There's some fuzzy math, as my friend George W. Bush might say. He's not actually my friend, but, you know, it's just some fuzzy math. Was he the one who said fuzzy math, or was it Al Gore said fuzzy math? Somebody said fuzzy math, and I don't remember who it was. Nothing? No. I have nothing for you. May God have mercy on your soul. Fine. Secret Invasion debuts on Wednesday, June 21st on Disney+, Plus. the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, streaming platform flywheel, whatever you want to call it. I'm really not excited for this. It has nothing to do with Secret Invasion, the comic storyline, which I feel like would be infinitely better to do. I realize you can't adapt every little thing about it, but I just, unless this, now this one could really surprise me. I'm hoping it does, because I have zero expectations of enthusiastic viewing here. I'm going to watch it because I'm a fucking piece of shit. Uh, I'll watch it the day it comes out, every episode, because, again, I'm a self-hating piece of shit that just can't help but, you know, consume every piece of this shit that comes out, but I'm not excited for it. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'm about to secretly invade my fist to your face. Move on to the next one. I'm excited for the next picture. All right, June 23rd. Now, this isn't really like a big summer movie. It kind of, well, it, it could be. It could be, because I think that audiences might be clamoring for something like this. It's a film called No Hard Feelings. It releases on June 23rd. It's like a sex comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence, uh, who's like a in her 20s woman who's like trying to make a buck because she's broke, and this nerdy kid's parents hire her to like seduce their son so he doesn't go to college a virgin. Not exactly like high comedy here, but... Uh, I think the world is ready for a return to form, sort of like sleazy teen sex comedy. Uh, it's about time. Plus, I saw a Red Band trailer for this when I saw Scream, and it's... I don't know, I laughed at a couple of the jokes. Matthew Broderick is the kid's dad, which I think is like perfect casting of a nerdy dad. I feel like this movie was probably... I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is in I don't know how much she costs these days, but, you know, it could be a little nice distraction for people to see. You don't get a lot of movies like this anymore with a hard R, so, you know, I thought I'd bring it to everybody's attention. But Johnny, this is the movie of the summer. Well, there's it's not the big movie of the summer, because there's one we'll talk about in August that I think is going to have a bigger impact, but this looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you got Jennifer Lawrence, 
and her two assets? Come on, Kevin. No, what? Her comedic timing and her charm. Oh, okay. She's got some big old titties, too. God damn it, Kevin! Alright, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's a sex comedy, Johnny. You gotta make a sex joke. I think the audience understands that. Look, all jokes aside, I, big movie Kevin Nash, I respect Jennifer Lawrence. I'm excited to see her back in a picture. A movie picture, Johnny. It's a talkie, not a silent film. You know, my grandpappy sat me down on his knee a long time ago and said, Big movie. You should watch these talking pictures. They'll change your life. And of course they did. I don't know if you've seen me wrestle ever, Johnny, but I do the I do the director shot. Landed it up at a 4-3. Nah, let's do a 1-8-5. You know what? If I wasn't retired, I might bring the IMAX elbow where I make a real big picture frame and then whoop Elbow you right in the skull dome. But I, I think this picture is going to be the sleeper hit of the summer. I, I could see sleeper hit in means of like it makes a lot more money than its budget, but I don't know about like knocking down walls and becoming a pop culture cultural touchstone. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say stream it. I'm not gonna take the time to go to theaters to see it. I'm not gonna buy it when it becomes available. But if it starts streaming on like Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video or something like that, I'll totally watch it if it's if I hear that it's good. You know what I'm saying? Could not disagree more. You have to see it. Because of Jennifer Lawrence, right? Well, I was thinking more about all the other, you know, factors in consideration. Matthew Broderick? No! Gonna be a lot of horny teenagers in the audience. 18 and 19 year old teenagers. I mean, it's gonna be like fish in a barrel for old big movie. Speaking of big movies, June 30th, it's time to take one last ride it is indiana jones and the dial of destiny i'll admit a cooler title than indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull now folks i'm i i'm gonna say this i fell for it in 2008 man oh man did i get on board the hype train for the kingdom of the crystal skull they kept a lot of it shrouded in mystery Kind of like they are with Dial of Destiny. I feel like this movie's gonna got a lot that it hasn't shown us yet. So for what you know, that is a nice thing to say. But back to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at 08, man, I watched, I like binged all, like I, I was hyped and I got burned. It's just not. It's not awful. It's not as bad as you as it is in your memory. Like it might be. I don't know. But the big disconnect for me, Kev, is the fact that I. You know, I watched all three Indiana Jones films before I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again, okay? Or saw it the first time. And there is such a disconnect. Not not just not because Harrison Ford's older. Ironically, I, he slips right back into the fedora like it's a, a warm pair of uh, slippers. Or, or a nice warm glass of milk. Which, if you're slipping into, you might have larger problems than watching a bad movie. But that's aside from the point. Bad comparisons aside. But the disconnect is the filmmaking technique and stylistic changes that are involved. You know what I'm saying? Johnny, I do know what you're saying. It's probably time I earn my big movie credit. You're talking about the disconnect between the fact that Indiana Jones is an action-adventure series known for its practical stunts, 
its innovative tactile filmmaking. You know, the Ark of the Covenant, the Shankara Stones, the Holy Grail. You know, they might not be real things. Not here to debate that. But in the film, there were tactile things you could touch. The temple walls you could touch. Everything you saw in the movie, you know, there wasn't a matte painting. It's tactile. You could touch it. It's real. Doing the finger quotes thing here. And uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull relied heavily on CGI. And it really took us out of the picture. It didn't feel like Indiana Jones. And I get it. Movies are expensive. And visual effects designing is hard. But at the same time, you can't just make a switch like that and, you know, think that your audience isn't going to feel the kicks of it all. They're going to get the disconnects. Kevin, that is verbatim. Almost my exact thoughts. I'm so proud of you. What do you think they call me Big Movie Johnny? I know my shit. I'm a bit of an auteur. No more auteurs. But, I, 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 you know, the de-aging on Harrison Ford looks cool for that stuff. Like I said, a lot of it in mystery. Uh, Antonio Banderas is in this thing. And you've got Mads Mikkelsen as who I'm assuming is the villain. Big change, Spielberg not behind the director's chair. We got James Manigold who directed Logan. And uh, uh, did he direct the Wolverine as well? Eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it just matters. Uh, Ford and Ferrari versus Ferrari as well, which is a movie I've seen. I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. I'm hoping. Here's the thing. So much time has passed between now and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that I'm hoping that the creatives involved are intelligent enough to have learned from the mistakes of the past and will try to give us something that is worthy of the conclusion of the Indiana Jones saga. Did this movie need to be made? No. But what movie really does need to be made? And so, I'll cop to it, Kevin. I want to see it. I'm excited. I'm giving it a see it. I I can't pass it up. It's it's Indiana Jones. You know, what are you going to do? Harrison Ford was great in The Force Awakens. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to see him go one last ride with a character he actually enjoys because he hated Han Solo, apparently, and he rocked that. So let's see how he does with a character he really likes. Um, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is humorous, so there should be some good tete-a-tete repartee there. I'm also curious to see what the Dial of Destiny is. You know, um, we got different religious mythologies in the at the first three films the, the fourth film is sort of an ancient aliens thing which is sort of tied in it, it's all about you know things that might possibly be real might not be real and i'm curious to see what the dial of destiny adds to the indiana jones mythology will we get to re will there be some sort of a crazy avengers-esque time heist that could be fun i mean it might be a little ridiculous, and it might be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and I might have to put a gun in my head if they do it, but I don't know. I suppose it could be fun. I'm going to say, see it. I can't believe this, Johnny. We're going to agree. I think you got to see it, too. It's epic action-adventure filmmaking from a top-notch uh, batch of creatives. Uh, I'll tell you what, Johnny. Let's go see it together. And if they do travel back in time, I'll pull the trigger for you. And then I'm going to go say hi to your wife. Of course, Kevin. But you, you say see it. I say see it. Wow. We're in alignment. 
Now, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, of course, coming out on June 30th, which means the 4th of July, Independence Day here in America, holiday, will be probably ruled by that film. Our next big picture comes to us a few weeks later, July 12th, with a long-winded title, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Okay, the title's not too long, but I just... I just saw a trailer for this in front of Guardians 3, and, and they reveal the title one word at a time. It's like, Mission, dun, 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 impossible, dun, 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 dead reckoning. Part, 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 Wow. Can we get that uploaded to the interwebs, Johnny? You should have some sort of a musical career if the podcast thing doesn't work out for you. Uh, Mission Impossible. I can't believe they're making another one of these things, though, Johnny. And, and Tom Cruise, though, he's proven his worth. He's almost as big as a box office attraction as big movie taking on Goldberg at Starcade. Top Gun Maverick. Crossing barriers, bringing folks into the theater together, liberals, conservatives, hug. I saw a liberal and a conservative kiss at the end of Maverick Top Gun. They were so excited that we defeated the evil uh, Red Star country, Johnny. I think Tom Cruise is back to unite America, and I think Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is just the film to do it. You gotta see it on the big screen. Well... I don't know if I believe your tales, Kevin, and I don't know if I agree with you completely. I kind of gave up on the Mission Impossible franchise after John Woo's Mission Impossible 2. That's right. It might be divisive and bonkers, but I have a sick affinity for Mission Impossible 2. I love it unapologetically. I do like that Ving Rhames is still here after all this time. Uh, Simon Pegg's coming back. We're getting Haley Atwell and Rebecca Ferguson. Check, please. Yes. Yes. Yes, as a former professional wrestler, Daniel Bryan might say. I think he still wrestles, Johnny. I think he's in AEW. All right, former professional wrestler, Daniel Bryan might say, yes, for Haley Atwell and Rebecca Ferguson. Johnny, it's kind of shitty of you. And you're just, uh, you know, taking these women and objectifying them. I didn't say anything. I just said, check, please. We all know what check, please means. Well, I mean, it could mean a lot of things. It can mean I'm ready to go because I'm fully consumed my meal. It can mean I've got to go because I have an important business-related meeting I must attend. Yeah, but you mean like, check please, I'm fucking horny. No, I meant check please, I have a very important business meeting to get to, Kevin, but that's nice of you to assume. Uh, the big seller for me here, I guess if there is one, is that in the trailer they brought back Kittrick. Kittrick, the guy from the first one who's like, uh, you're very upset, Mr. Hunt. Uh, Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. Like the guy who's in charge of the IMF force in uh, the first one that I didn't understand when I saw it as a kidster. This movie also cost $300 million, and apparently Tom Cruise almost died multiple times while filming it. At least it was filmed back-to-back with part two, so it's a guarantee that it'll finish. I I don't know, Kev. I get it. I get the uh, appeal of seeing an attraction, as Bruce, Witcher, Bruce Pritchard might say, on the big screen. I say stream it. Uh, I got... I mean, I'm just not invested. It's a personal decision. I understand if you're different. I'm going to say see it, Johnny, because America needs to unite under the banner of Scientology. What? <laughs> just see if you're paying attention. Uh, 
I'm not a Scientologist. Why did you look away from me when you said that? No reason. All right. All right, fine. So, July 12th is Mission Impossible. Here we go, folks. July 21st, our first battle. Uh, If you've been paying attention, you would have noticed that most of the movies we've talked about have had all this time to themselves. They get a week or so, but they're not challenged at the box office at the same time. You know, we're not releasing The Flash and Mission Impossible on the same date because that's just foolish. You're going to split the audience. You want to spread these things out so everybody gets a chance to see what they want to see. And while on the surface level, these next two films might not be battling it out for the exact same audience, I would argue they might be. Because they both look like a whole hell of a lot of fun that'll make you think. All right? it's We're going to take a look at the battle, what, what will ultimately be known as the Battle of July 21st, live on pay-per-view on July 28th. No laugh, Kevin? Not, not, not funny? Not one goddamn bit, Johnny. Oh, oh, all right, Kev. So sorry. So sorry. I'll try to workshop some better material. While you read from the uh, Henny Youngman joke book you just bought off Amazon. Alright, so it's a battle of conflicting film ideologies. But it's also a battle of studio versus studio. I mean, you know, because no studio would release, you know, two movies on the same weekend. That wouldn't make any sense. But it's a battle of Universal Studios taking on Warner Brothers. Because over on Camp Universal, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer taking on Greta Gerwig's Barbie. That's right, Barbie. Now, Kevin, I'm sure you have a lot to say about one of these motion pictures, so I'll talk about Oppenheimer. Oh, no, you know, Johnny. Christopher Nolan is my bag. You know I'm a big fan of the Nolster, all right? So I'm going to talk about Oppenheimer. You know, it's a biographical film. Taking a look at the father of the atomic bomb, Oppenheimer. What's uh, what's Oppenheimer's uh, first name there, Kevin? Mm, Bobbenheimer. It's Bob, right? You're so fucking lucky that Robert translates to Bob, and Bob's like the go-to name for fucking... Well, why don't you tell us about the movie, Kevin? Well, you kind of mentioned, Johnny... It's a Universal Pictures joint, and it's got Xillion, Ciliac, K- Killian Murphy. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. It's got the Scarecrow. He's in here with uh, Emily Fat Blunt, Matt Demon. Hey, the Bobber Downey Jr. Florence Pugh. Oof, nothing Pugh about that. Let me tell you, smells great. Uh, Rami Malek? Is that you say that? Yeah. Josh Hartnett? That kid ever brushes hair? And Kenneth Branagh. Now, how do you feel about the whole controversy surrounding Nolan and Warner Brothers and Universal? Uh, I feel not good about it, Johnny. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I do. But I think your audience might not. So why don't you fill them in? All right. Well, when I say controversy, it's like, it's basically this. Nolan has had a deal with Warner Brothers for quite some time. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, I had to clear the old throat there. I apologize. But, and they've been very kind to one another. Here's the best concrete example that I can give you. Nolan did, uh, you know, and he's done other stuff too, but just hear me out. This is sort of the trajectory of the relationship. He did Batman Begins, and then he did The Dark Knight. Now, The Dark Knight's success as a moment in the pop culture zeitgeist cannot be understated, okay? It seemed to touch everyone. Everybody saw it. It was widely uh, uh, received with open arms. And, you know, I agree, as it should have been. And Warner Brothers was like, okay, Chris, we just, we have to do this again. We've got to do one more Batman picture, all right? And Christopher Nolan was like, well, all right, let me do a Batman film. I'm sure Christian's available and what have you. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Warner Brothers. I'll do your little Batman picture, but I've got an idea for a film that I really want to get made, and you're going to be the blokes to make it. I don't know if Christopher Nolan really sounds like that. It was just my go-to Christopher Nolan impression. But jokes aside, Nolan's like, sure, I can do Batman 3, but... We're going to make this little movie called Inception, which was like a, no pun intended, dream project of Christopher Nolan's. And we're going to do it for this amount of money, and you're not going to say a goddamn thing, and you're going to pay for whatever, whomever, and whatever I want. And they were like, okay, sure. Fast forward, and then Inception gets made, and it's brilliant. And then Dark Knight Rises comes out, and it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're moving forward. And then, Tenet. Now, I don't... The Warner Brothers and Chrissy got into a little argument about Tenet, okay? And I absolutely understand both sides here. Warner Brothers, at one point, well, multiple times, pushed back Tenet's release date. Why? you might ask. The film's complete. It's in the can. It's ready to go. Well, it was slated to come out in the summer of 2020. And I think we all remember what was happening in the summer of 2020. And they released it eventually in September to a smaller amount of theaters than you would expect for a Christopher Nolan blockbuster. Again, completely understood. And also, they wanted to, uh, you know, start distributing it digitally uh, as well. And Nolan was not pleased. Nolan's like, no, this is a theatrical film. It needs to screen in theaters on IMAX. It needs to be seen this way. Like, And I absolutely understand the creative impulse there. Um, I think you also need to sort of make a little caveat that, well, uh, sort of unforeseen circumstances here, Chris, and we're desperately all trying to make money. Um... But I guess they never recovered from this because Nolan parted ways with Warner Brothers and now he's making Oppenheimer under the Universal banner. So I don't know that the film will feel different or look different. It could possibly. Uh, it, it's weird. Certain films made by the studios, like they kind of feel the same way. I don't I can't put my finger on it. I've never worked in the industry. But sometimes you can feel those changes. I don't know about here. Now, I know you're excited because of the technological innovations that Nolan's bringing to Oppenheimer, Kevin. I mean, I'm assuming, I think it's a pretty safe assumption uh, based on some of the shit that you're always talking. No, it's not shit, but some of, the, some of the stuff that you like to dive into here. You know, your famous IMAX shot, as an example. 
Well, yeah, Johnny's film for IMAX 65 millimeters. So other large formats can be included as well. But here's the thing, Johnny. Here's the big kicker. Nolan filmed this bad boy with IMAX cameras in certain sections of the film in black and white on real analog tactile film that you can touch. So I'm pretty excited to see that on the big screen. I am too, Kevin. You know, I can't even lie. I'm so proud of my son. You know, he's only uh, 11. And we went to see Shazam. Took the fam to see Shazam. Fury of the Gods. And even though it's a Warner Brothers film, I don't know how this happened, uh, there was a trailer for Oppenheimer in front of it. And you know how Nolan cuts these trailers. I mean... I don't think there'll be any actual conflict or war in Oppenheimer because it's the story of the Manhattan Project. But the way this thing is shot, the intensity, you would assume the the film is actually about, like, fighting a battle to, like, get the bomb. Like, we have to rescue the bomb from Nazi Germany and export it. And then, you know, let's just detonate it in Germany. Like, which is a terrible thing. I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it, but it seems like a... You know, not a talky-talky type movie. And that's the brilliance of, you know, trailer editing. Um, but if you know that going in, you're not going to be fooled by it. But it is going to make you really jazzed and psyched for Oppenheimer, as I am. And my son, who's 11, taps me on the shoulder immediately after the trailer ends and says, you're taking me to see that. And I said, you're damn right I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of him. He recognizes right away. The potentiality of the awesomeness of the film because of the way that the material is being presented. It's, you know, he's not excited to see Spider-Man swinging around. He's excited for fucking Oppenheimer. You got weird fucking kids. Hey, fuck you, Kevin! That is a low fucking blow. I'm sorry, Johnny. I was just fooling with you. Hey, I know your son. We hang out at barbecues all the time. You know, I called him over and I said, "Hey, don't don't say his name, okay? He's don't 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 do don't do that, okay? Like, there's no need." All right, I said, "Hey, Frankenstein. His name is not Frankenstein." Well, you said, "Don't say his name." I said, "Frankenstein, get over here." Hey, Frankenstein, do me a favor. Go to your daddy's fridge. See if he's got any of those special drinks that Uncle Movie likes to drink. Uh-huh. So that's why my son smelled like, uh, you know what, forget it. We're just going to leave it alone. But I- I'm excited for Oppenheimer. Uh, s- see it's all around? See it's all around. Okay. Now, Barbie. Totally different thing here. I am excited for Barbie. I think that the trailers look uh, like it's really sharply written. It looks like the individuals within are taking the material exactly the way it needs to be taken. I'm also very excited, Kevin. Did you see the trailer? No. Why not? It's fucking Barbie. Oh, Kevin. Are you, is it 1972 in your head up there? I mean, seriously. The film looks intelligent. Dare I say, dare I say, this film could be as intelligent as Oppenheimer. You know what, Johnny? I don't often ask for a handout, but whatever you're smoking has got to be good. I mean, I thought I knew all the good shit that's out there. 
I got a couple of guys that I call and say, hey, give me the good shit. They do. Because, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Big movie. You know, I got a lot of money. And they give me the good shit. But whatever you're smoking. I mean, is did you make it in the lab? Hear me out. Barbie knows what it is. Okay? And the creatives involved with Barbie know what it is. And you didn't see the trailer, Kevin. That's the problem. So many adult-related jokes here. And I love the idea that Barbie World, where Barbie lives, played by Margot Robbie, of course, is inhabited by a shit ton of Barbies and a shit ton of Kens. Now, I'll freely admit, I'm not so much digging Ryan Gosling's appearance as Ken. Like, I I feel like he looks very strange with that dye job, but he looks very plastic with the dye job. So I'm kind of like, wow. It's kind of perfect, even though it's off-putting for a real human being. So, I'm okay with it. But lots of sex innuendo jokes. Lots of jokes about Barbie and Ken not really understanding what they could do as boyfriend and girlfriend if they were alone with the lights off. The one big caveat I have, Kev, is that in from the trailer, it appears that Ryan Gosling's Ken and Margot Robbie's Barbie will eventually leave the Barbie world and head into the real world. Now... I think there'll be a lot of intelligent, witty dialogue and concepts identified when they travel to the real world that'll teach us things about our own existence. But I'm kind of down for just an entire movie that takes place in a hyper-realized uh, hyper Barbie world. Don't you dare sing it! But I said Barbie world. I feel like I'm obligated to sing it. Johnny, I'm obligated to do things. I'm obligated to jackknife people. Obligated to cover people for the one, two, three. Don't make me obligated to do it to you, Johnny. What would little Frankenstein do if he lost his dad? That's fine, no singing. But I, I just, I feel like, and, and you know, they're in completely different ways, they could both be extremely fun films. Well, fun, strange to say about Amar, but just movies that will really, you'll walk out of the theater being like, God damn, I'm so glad I saw that. You know, it really, it really was worth seeing up there. And uh, crazily enough, both films made for only $100 million, if Wikipedia is to be believed. So, you know, lots of profit to be made here. Oh, like that. Exactly. So, see it's all around? Because I'm see it on Barbie and I'm see it on Oppenheimer. I don't know. My, my big concern... My big concern is I'm the only one that wants to see Barbie. And, uh, you know, my son wants to see Oppenheimer, so I'll, I'll take him to see Oppenheimer. I'm also a little leery about going to see Barbie by myself. I feel like, you know, uh, it might not play well. The optics might not be great. And I'm not talking about my uh, masculinity, okay? Like, I give a fuck about that. I'm just saying it might look a little creepy. One for Barbie, please. Like, I, I don't know. So, but, I, but I'm but i saying see it. You know, Johnny, I think you've convinced me. See it's all around. All right! Yeah, you, you're digging the, the crazy world that Barbie and Ken are going to be inhabiting here? Well, no, I thought about what it would be like to go through a theater full of chicks. Oh, God damn it, Kevin. All right, moving to August. One more streaming show to bream up. To bream up. Johnny? I... Be, I to, to bring up, okay? I corrected myself. You've never made a mistake, have you? You know, I think I should pin Goldberg clean. You don't think that was a mistake? I thought it wasn't clean. 
It was a shuck stick. Anywho, streaming on Disney Plus at a date to be named in August is the Star Wars anthology or anthology Star Wars series Ahsoka, which I'm excited for. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. You know what my favorite Rosario Dawson movie is, Johnny? The one where she does full frontal. I'm sure. Clerks 2. Alright. Kevin, the moment you've been waiting for. August 4th, 2023. Seth Rogen presents Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. A CG animated film that brings us the genesis and origins of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a modern era. Now... The animation style here is unique, much like the Spider-Verse. And I'll say this, the first trailer was cute. You know, I got no problems with that. Um, I like the big sell point for me, though, here, is that there is an absolutely massive, massive voice cast. However, all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themselves are being voiced by, and I don't mean this in a negative way, like sort of unknown actual kid actors. So the... So... What I like about that is, even though Corey Feldman's fucking Donatello rules, I'm just hearing Corey Feldman. I don't feel like I'm getting to know a Donatello, as a Hulk Hogan might say. How did you know he said that? No, I just meant the inflection. Yeah, but how did you know that Hulk Hogan once hung out with a guy named Donatello and couldn't get his name right? We were in Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear it. Actually, I want to hear it, but I want to hear it off the air, because we, we got a few more to get through, and we're already running long. So, uh, you know... I don't know that the world needs another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Bite your tongue! I think the world needs another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'm very excited uh, that it's coming. Uh, But you got, like, Hannibal Burris, Rose Byrne, Cena. Cena's in this thing. Cena! Is Kevin Nash on the list? Um, you know, I I didn't check fully. Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Giancarlo Esposito, Post Malone, Seth Rogen himself, Paul Rudd. Maya Rudolph? It's going to be a who's who of voice-based entertainment. However, Kevin, and I'll let you say your piece, I'm more of stream it on this. You know, if it gets really good reviews, I could see buying it when it comes out as opposed to waiting for it to show up on Netflix or something like that. But, you know, I just... This isn't a big need in my little world. Okay, so I'm just going to say stream it. Your thoughts? Real simple, Johnny. It's the Ninja Turtles. This is going to be nothing but good stuff for Mr. Movie. It's real simple, kidsters out there listening. See it! See it, see it, see it! And then go home and convince your kids, your moms, hey, moms, a couple of pieces of advice for you. Number one, you see this guy here on my computer? That's big movie, Kevin Nash. He's available. Why don't you give him a call? Number two, I'll leave you alone so you can use your vibrator if you buy me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze on Voodoo. And remember, kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. You don't need to watch the others. Just Secret of the Ooze. All right, Johnny, I think we're good here. You shameless fuck! I never said it was shameless. Oh, that show shameless. Lots of naked in that. All right, two more. August 11th, Gran Turismo! 
directed by Neil Blomkamp, uh, the visionary mind behind District 9. This movie was absolutely not on my radar until a trailer dropped recently. And uh, it's interesting. It's the apparently real true story in quotes adapted uh, about a, an individual who won a video game-based Gran Turismo competition and then became a professional Gran Turismo racer. It's got David Harbour and Orlando Bloom, uh, Jaiman Huntsu I saw in the trailer, uh, some other folks. Look, it's based on the hit popular PlayStation video game franchise Gran Turismo. But it's weird because it's like a video game movie, but not a video game movie, but it is a video game movie. And I just thought I'd mention it for all of our video game fans out there. It looked competent enough. I'm leaning towards stream it, though. Unless, for some insane reason, it gets, like, massively good reviews. Then I might go see it in, like, IMAX or something like that. Because it looks like the type of movie that you could see in that type of environment. Yeah, John, uh, you know... Here's the problem with Gran Turismo. I agree with you. You know, I like the spectacle. I'd say maybe buy it. But here's the thing. If you're gonna do anything with a video game, there's only one thing that you should do. What is that? Come on, pick me. Pick me. Is that a WCW Nitro PlayStation reference? Oh, yeah. Pick me. Come on, pick me. Or, if you remember what I said on the Thunder game, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, move along, move along, you don't want to pick me. I mean, if you want to win, you'll pick me, but you don't want to pick me. So, move along. <sighs> Finally, another Dynamite offering from DC Studios, a little bit lesser known of a character, and a movie that probably won't, you know, beat down the doors or beat any records at the box office. Uh, but Zola Marduna from Cobra Kai is playing Jaime Reyes, the Blue Beetle. Trailer for this looked fun. I like the idea of Blue Beetle getting some spotlight. He's a much lesser known DC superhero. I'm glad this didn't get scrapped and thrown to the wayside like Batgirl. Um, I love that Blue Beetle's uh, basically creating Cloud Sword from Final Fantasy VII at the end of the trailer there. And uh, I like George Lopez calling Batman a fascist. I think this will be harmless fun. Uh, it looks like it'll have heart. It's certainly not going to change the superhero genre in any way, shape, or form. But it's DC. I'm going to support my home team. I say, see it. Johnny, I couldn't be more opposite. Cut it. Who cares about a little ladybug? What if I told you, Kevin, that it was a ladybug that could make gigantic swords as big as a larger-than-average person? Like as big as me? I don't know if it'd be as big as you. You're pretty tall, but pretty big. All right. Final recommendation. If the Blue Beetle can make a sword as big as Big Movie, all right, go see it. But if you can't, cut it out. This movie's not going to matter a goddamn bit to the DC Universe, and everybody's going to forget about it a week after it comes out. Well, I... I wish I could disagree on a more concrete basis. But I'm still going to see it, goddammit! It's cool, Johnny. While you're at it, why don't you just hand me your money? I could probably find something to do with it. You know, maybe I go see uh, Eurotiska Doji 3. See if the uh, dick machine's back up. Alright, well, since we're referencing the goddamn Nazi dick machine again, I think that's probably a good time to cut it out. Don't you ever fucking say that. But you said... No, I'm the only one allowed to say that. Why don't you wrap it up here? 
I've got some shit to do. I'm, tr I'm trying to. Alright. But folks, we've made the cut. I stole that. I didn't mean to. But we're cutting out bad movies. Uh, but we're letting you know the inside scoop on the entire summer slate in terms of blockbusters. There's lots more coming out this summer. You know, there's little indie films. What's the Asteroid City coming out from uh, Wes Anderson? Looks pretty cool. You know, there, there, there's other stuff. All right, but these are the big summer blockbusters. They're going to be lighting up your feeds, and uh, everybody's going to be talking about. So, whatever movies, you know, strike your fancy, do something about it. That way you don't get spoiled, or, you know, that way you, you support the art that you appreciate. Kevin, any final thoughts? Yeah, a big one. Secret of the ooze. Available where all videos are downloaded. Especially Make sure you subscribe to the new TNN podcast feed where you can get more content from myself, from Big Movie Here, and a plethora of other crazy, insane guests that live only in my head. I'm Johnny C. He's Big Movie. And winner is you. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go.